Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Rob Centers on the other side of the glass, our fabulous producer. We're in good hands. We know that to be true now. So we thank him for coming in and helping us up. And I'm glad to say I look across the table and I see John Shipman, my good friend from Sunbury, good conservative, uh, natural-born believer, if there ever was one, in the gospel. And so he's... Uh, um, Brings that to the table. Good history buff. Have you ever forgotten anything? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. You see, you're one of those people that, uh, like Joe, who just consumes facts and information, and they just stay there a long time. So good for you guys. But uh, uh, just the opposite of me. But I am very glad to be on board. Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. I portray a a bad liberal, so uh, that probably explains a lot to you if you're just tuning in. And John is an actual good conservative in our area and doesn't believe in absolutely positively everything the Republicans do and is one of the many Americans just triply disappointed with Washington, D.C. and the bickering and name-calling and uh, uh, saying how bad the other side is and trying to get those unfair edges and stuff. And so think of think of if all this energy spent and money spent on dissing somebody were put to good. Oh, my goodness. We could solve a lot of problems. We'd be on Mars walking around. Well, and we would be addressing poverty, and we would be addressing uh, mental illness and, and, and all the other problems that we really have. Uh, but uh, we spend tremendous amounts of money, uh, unfortunately, uh, just tearing down other people. And, uh, you know, what good does that do? Does it? People think sometimes that by tearing someone else down, that builds them up. But when I look at somebody who's tearing somebody else down, I think, well, you're no, you're no better than they are. Well, yeah, look at the classic, uh, classic, classic quintessential example is uh, John Fetterman's interview with Penn Live, where he spent three quarters of the time not talking about his policies or things he wanted to do, but talking about Dr. Oz and yeah. what a poor choice he is and a fraud and every other name he could think of. So imagine how much more you could know about John Fetterman if you had watched that and, and he got into policies and maybe had a chance to explain how he really feels about different crimes and why marijuana should be, uh, well, I think decriminalized is the word he tried to say, right. but I think right. that's where he was headed, and uh, different things. He did get some of those out. A little bit, yes. But uh, the first question was the real uh, harbinger for the rest when somebody asked him, why would you want to be a U.S. senator? And he says, well, I want to serve Pennsylvania, unlike Dr. 
Dr. Oz, and then he spent five minutes talking about Dr. Oz, right. you know, what a terrible senator he'll be if elected. All right, so, yeah, that's one thing we can talk about today. Uh, John Fetterman's interview with Penn Live is available on Facebook if you haven't seen it. I, I recommend you watch it. I think it's informative. Even if you're a diet-in-the-wool Democrat and you're going to support him no matter what, make sure you're clear where you're headed. If you are a staunch Republican, he does raise a couple good points about Dr. Oz that you might want to ask about, and so that would be something, you know, you might learn something. A lot of folks do, could care less who the figurehead is in on the ballot for those pitches. I'm just looking for the D. You know, I, you don't you don't vote that way, but you might be looking for an R on some people. So that's well. Uh, and you know, I, you make a good point that this Senate race. Um, there are a lot of people, Democrats and Republicans, that aren't happy with either one of the choices. I mean, if you look, if you look at the two choices, uh, we have, um, uh, you know, we we certainly should have been able to in the primary uh, find better people, better candidates. Uh, not knocking them as individuals, uh, but uh, knocking you know where they stand and or their refusal to say where they stand and so forth, and. Uh, so this time, I, I believe the process is broken down. I think a lot of people, two things, a lot of people are going to hold their nose and vote for one of them. A lot of people are going to vote D just because it's a D, and a lot of people are going to vote R just because it's an R, and uh, I think it's going to be a close race. All right. So uh, what's your view on that, folks? Call us now. Uh, we can talk about the Fetterman-Oz race in general or the uh, sad state of affairs in Washington and Pennsylvania politics in general. You can talk about specific policies of Mamet and Oz or John Fetterman, if you wish. Uh, we can also do, we had a great expert here yesterday talking about the U.S. Supreme court no surprise to her it's the same thing when you bring in cliff readers i want him to say something because he's so expert about the court what the supreme court should and shouldn't do but he says no their job is not to flip left and right with uh, mark lawrence's whims and what he i think the court should or shouldn't do he says law 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 well and i think that's important um Obviously, ju- the judges come with uh, with some pre, uh, you know, set ideas. Um, you know, we've talked about this on your show a number of times, and people call in and are really upset about the makeup of the Supreme Court. They forget that from the 1940s uh, until 2000s, uh, it was a heavily liberal court who made all who made some decisions that the majority of Americans didn't agree with. So. Uh, the American, the majority of Americans did not agree at the time with taking the Bible reading and prayer out of the schools. A, a majority of Americans at, at the time did not agree with Roe v. Wade uh, and so forth. So the court has moved more and more over the last 70, 80 years to be more and more activist, um, inventing things that, you know, uh, out of one or two words in the Constitution. And I think that's a dangerous trend. one 800 Nine five nine five six five. If you'd like to weigh in on this topic, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you are listening to On the Mark on News Radio ten seventy WKOK Sunbury. It's our live telephone talk show. We would love for you to call us and express your view on the courts or politics or uh, anything that is on your mind today. It's an open phones Friday. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll free line now open. Call us one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You can. 
email us at onthemarket.com. We've got a couple of emails here. One has two questions for us to start the show. I'll read that real quick. It says, I have two questions. Is telling half of the truth a lie or just misinformation? And then two, with big tech being told to regulate their content and restrict misinformation on their platforms, should other media outlets, TV and radio, do the same? I'm thinking about all of the political ads, especially in capitalized letters, not endorsed by any candidate that smear their opponent with half-truths and suppositions that can't be proven or are just plain lies. If we can't get unlimited money out of politics, maybe we should limit how the message is spread, says Rob. You know, should we only tell the truth in these ads? You know, what if we had some sort of a jury to determine the truth before an ad went on the radio or on TV? All right, well, what's your view on that, folks? Give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the market at wkok.com. You can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, we launch into what I affectionately call the angry man, but uh, Stan's not angry today. He's just a little bit irritated, so we'll rename oh. the segment. It is still early in the day. Right. <laughs> there you go. What's up, sir? Uh, well, you know, you, you, as far as voting for Fetterman, I can't. I couldn't vote for a man that uh, wants to legalize drugs and release criminals and and vote. And he would be a vote for Biden's radical agenda. And he also won't secure the border. Okay, those are reasons. There's no way I could ever vote for Fetterman. And besides, he was heavily invested in a COVID response with uh, Wolf, which did nothing for Pennsylvania. So those are reasons I can't vote for Fetterman. You now Oz says that he's not going to do those things. So why wouldn't I vote for Oz? Right, it's an easier choice. Well, the border's yeah, a I mean, big uh, issue. I mean, the border's a big issue. Look what, look how the border factors into inflation, crime, and costs, and education, and taxes, and and uh, maybe just our view in the world. If you have, how how does it look like if we try to help the security of other countries when we have a porous border to our south, John? Well, and the problem is we have a Department of Homeland Security uh, uh, head that stands and looks at the TV camera and says the border's secure, when everybody knows the border. <laughs> Border's not secure, and uh, I'm I'm in favor of immigration. Okay, I, I'm I think that the U.S. Ha- should uh, receive maybe a million or two million immigrants a year. But it should be legal. They should apply in their home country, send us there so we can pick and choose. Right now, have, I don't know what the percentage is, but a good percentage of, of people that are coming across the border um, are, are criminals and, and even some are terrorists. So, and we give them a, we don't even vet them. You know, they, they, they come in, uh, they come into the processing center, they take their name and their, and their phone and their date of birth and stuff like that and give them a pay paper that they can now use to show that they're uh, okay to be in the United States and turn them loose. Eighty percent of them never show up for their hearing. So what are we doing? All right, Stan, we'll let you respond to what we just talked about. Well, that's, that, that's all right. I mean, so what are they doing? Those, the, the government, they're sending it. Well, the governors of Texas and Florida are sending them to nice blue states. You know, in New York, and then you hear Mayor Adams up there whining and moaning that he didn't ask for that, as if the, the states of Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico and California asked for, you know, the illegals to cross the border and to uh, overwhelm their system. 
So, you know, the, the poor little mayor, he says he's a, he's a sanctuary area up there. Well, give him sanctuary. <laughs> you know, that's the way I look at it. You know, they, they can't be hypocrites. That's They want to be hypocrites about everything and, and say that, well, you know, we didn't ask for this. Well, you know, Mayor Adams is just a failed mayor, too, and he's only been in office, you know, less than a year. So, you know, the crime rate in New York and all that, he has nothing to talk about that's good except, you know, harangue on, on, on governors of other states. So, uh, you know, but that's 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 one part of the problem. Our other part is... You know the energy problem that we're having in this country, and and the recent reports that Biden called the Saudis and requested that they not lower production till after the election. You know, of course, he did that on the down low so that uh, you know people wouldn't find out about. It. But the, the Saudis have made the statement that he has asked them to to hold off on their production cuts until after the November eighth election. Now, why could that possibly be? <laughs> Well, I see gas is up another nickel to or six cents this morning, so that might be some of it. Oh well, yeah, it's in the past two in the past week. It's gone up uh, uh, sixty nine to ninety nine thirty cents 30 in cents. the last week. Yeah, it's up thirty cents. Yeah. So, and you know, and now Biden's threatening the Saudis that there will be consequences. Huh? Wasn't there a man in the office uh, in 2019 that was impeached because supposedly he he threatened to cut off aid to Ukraine because of a phone call, something about Hunter Biden and his criminal activities in Ukraine and supposedly interfering with the election of a person that wasn't even announced yet as running as president? Wasn't all, Didn't all that happen? So when do you suppose that the the articles of impeachment will come down against Biden for these actions. Well, for not protecting the border. John Fetterman's website says, quote, it's no secret our immigration system is broken. We need a system that is strong, secure, and humane. (laughs) In the Senate, I would support investments that go toward keeping our borders strong. Well, although keeping our borders strong is a misnomer, right? What does that mean? Right. Well, in any event. (laughs) Is that a half-truth? And preventing the flow of illegal drugs into our country. We also must work to ensure that our immigration system is in, in uh, is, uh, well, I can't make out the word. It's off the edge of the page through my search box here. Okay, if uh, further on he says, we have to reject the false choice of pitting laws and strong borders against those coming to America to seek a better life for themselves or their families. Um, well, I think so. That's, that's a logical thing to say. All right, Stan, we'll give you the last word on these good topics. So he appears to, yeah. he says that Fetter, Fetter, Fetterman's wife is a uh, an activist for immigrants, and she came here illegally. And I'm still not sure how she got a green card when she was here in this country illegally. It wasn't under the DACA program because she received it before that. So that's a whole other question that will never be answered. But he's not for a secure border. A secure border would be putting an actual barrier up to keep people out. Because right now, they can walk in just about anywhere they want along the southern border. Board. And when they walk in, what do they bring? They bring, you know, the, the cartels are responsible for human trafficking, drug trafficking, weapons trafficking, and we're just allowing it to happen. You know, these border states, there's towns along the border that are pretty much being run by the cartels. You don't hear that in the mainstream media, but it is true. Right. So until that is settled, 
we're going to have nothing but problems. And the Fetterman is not the one to help settle the <laughs> it's problem. It's not going to fix All it. Right. All right. So everybody vote Oz and get this country straightened out. Have a great day. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Now you're angry. <laughs> Appreciate the call. <laughs> All right. Stan, Stan and I are acquaintances. I don't just harass him uh, out of out of hand. <laughs> it's, it's actual friend harassment. All right. 1-800-795-9565. we got open lines. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, starting on our conversation about immigration, but John and I talked about bad government. We talked about Fetterman's policies that relate to crime and legalizing pot. Uh, probably, ta- if it happens in Pennsylvania, it would be taxed and regulated, maybe available at those already busy locations where medical marijuana is available, something along that line. So we can talk about that policy. Is it a good idea to let consenting adults enjoy some marijuana on their own? Um, in what way is the country raised up and supported and made better by dopey adults? I would just have to. You tell us, folks. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important. That friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors, Ford, and Hyundai. Sunday, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Is it a half-truth and misinformation? Uh, One of our good listeners uh, is concerned particularly in this about ads where they say things that just aren't true. I mean, Dr. Oz is doing it about Fetterman, and Fetterman's doing it about Oz. So they're really really at each other. 1-800-795-9565. And we talked about uh, John Fetterman's uh, view on illegal immigration. If you saw his Penn Live uh, interview, it's on Facebook, so free to everybody. You don't have to have a subscription to Penn Live. Uh, It is very interesting. Interesting, very telling. He obviously is impaired by the stroke, but you know, pretty functional. So, uh, do you want him as your U.S. senator? Uh, it's unfortunately wasted most of the time talking about Dr. Oz, but that's another topic. I guess he's got to get that line as clear as can be. Call us now one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Dan, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning, John and Mark. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, there. Uh, but to me. Stan makes my day, Mark. When I hear his call, I know it's going to be a great day. He's always up on things, and I appreciate him calling in there. And and uh, I agree with him. You have to vote for us. He wasn't my first choice. I I voted. I wanted Kathy Barnett and Lou Barletta in there. But it didn't happen. So 
I, I don't have a choice. I have to vote for Oz because Fetterman's so far out left field. I could never vote for him with his ideas on drugs, the border, all that kind of thing. He's basically, to me, wrong on about everything. So I have to vote for Oz. If he does what he says he's going to do, I think he'll be a great senator if he backs everything up with action. So my, I will vote for Oz and Mastriano, even though he wasn't my first choice. But if if they do what they're elected to do, I believe they'll be all right for Pennsylvania. Well, and I think uh, if even if Dr. Oz is an average Republican senator, you know, for 20 years or something, that still might be better in some areas. It might still be better for the border. Um, you know, I, I don't agree with him on some other things, but certainly it might, might help in that regard. So. Well, I, I think Dr. Oz is a moderate. Uh, if you look at his rating, it his rating says he leans conservative. Uh, so he's going to be, if he's elected, I think he's going to be a pretty much a middle-of-the-road guy like Pat Toomey is. I don't think he's going to be way out uh, in right field. Um, obviously, he's not going to be a, 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 a liberal liberal, but I think he's going to be a moderate uh, down the middle. Um, and uh, I think we probably need more people in the middle. Uh, we seem to be moving more and more to the polls uh, on the opposite ends of the, the spectrum. One of our listeners sends me a text, says, I'm going to vote for uh, Dr. Oz. I don't think he's going to be a terrible senator. <laughs> there, there's an endorsement. You never see that on the Oz bumper stickers. Vote for me. I'm not going to be a terrible senator. I All right, Dan. you said. <laughs> Dan will give you. Yeah, that's the short version of what you said. Dan, uh, give us your last word, and we've got another caller. Yeah, I, uh, yeah like I, I agree. I don't think Oz will be anything like I'd like to see I'd like to see a, a more Trumpian person but I don't think Oz will be like that but uh, that's my view John I'd like to see I might you probably call me more on the right end of the spectrum maybe further than you are but I'd like to see someone like that that, that uh, probably Mastriano's more like that, but I still preferred Lou Barletta to Mastriano, you know. Well, Kathy Barnett was just someplace yesterday. Philadelphia Inquirer had an article about her. I yep. didn't, I, didn't I read the whole she thing. She was the perfect choice to me, but so. it didn't happen. But yep. she was pretty popular in this area. So you guys have a great one. Great hearing you. You too, Dan. John and Mark. Thank you so Take much. Thanks care. for calling, and yeah. glad to hear from you. All right, Cindy, last caller before the top of the hour. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, gentlemen. I would just like to point out that there's more than two choices for the Pennsylvania Senate seat and more than two choices for governor. And it's unfortunate that these third-party candidates don't really get a fair airing, as far as I'm concerned. For example, for the U.S. Senate, the Libertarian Party has nominated Eric Gerhardt. Ron Johnson is running under the Constitution Party. Dan Wassman is running in the Keystone Party, and Richard Weiss in the Green Party. And yet you hear nothing about these people, except 
in all fairness, PCN has been interviewing them. Now, I don't understand why the other major media outlets or minor media outlets aren't doing the very same thing. For governor, Matt Hackenberg is running in the Libertarian Party. Joe Solofsky is running in the Keystone Party. And Christina DiGiulio is running in the Green Party. I apologize if I butchered her name. Um, But now here's, what did I say, seven people running, and you hardly hear a word about them. And this is what troubles me. The press... And, and this was true about the debate as well. They create these artificial lines, and you must rise above these artificial lines or you're not worth notice. So effectively, they're cutting off the opportunities for these third-party candidates. And I, I don't think that should be the role of the press to do such a thing. I don't think in a debate they should say, well, we're only going to have people that have raised, you know, a million dollars. Why? What has that got to do with it? Yeah, that's the pen or uh, the uh, ABC 27 theory behind why it's just Oz and Fetterman that they're interested in. You have to have raised $50,000 at what, maybe 10% of the vote or something like that. So it excludes absolutely everybody. Well, and we still have an old policy here that we use every year is that any candidate who wants to get on the radio can get on the radio. <laughs> it's, a, it's not really a screening process. It's sort of a non-screening process as any candidate. Candidate can get on, you know. But how do they know that, Mark? Just, I'm just curious. Well, how their do campaigns they know? ask is how they get on, and that's how anybody they have gets to on. ask you, right? Well, yeah, we do uh, not, and I'm seek not them out. I'm not faulting you or KOK. I'm more concerned, frankly, with the media at large that they cut you. off all these alternatives, um, and they. Uh, I hear. I have heard them espouse the belief that they believe that's their role to, you know, weed out the, the lesser people. I disagree. It's just their role to say how many apples there are. That's all. And what those apples are called. They're not, they should not be deciding, eliminating, turning their back on people who, just because they don't are not members of the Republican or Democrat Party. Is it any wonder we're stuck with these people when the media participates in you know, Cindy, basically quick. cutting them out of the news. All right, we're out of time. Okay, Cindy, bye. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you so much. Great, great conversation. John's <laughs> going to have a remark about what you talked about there shortly. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, Mr. John Shipman, is our good co-host. I'm Mark Lawrence. We thank you so much for joining us for the first third of the program. We've got two-thirds to go. Open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunday, WKOK News Time. It's and now, 9 a.m. Good morning, everyone. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. So let me tell you about this particular place. Uh, I haven't been there in almost a week. John hasn't been there in a month. 
but I'll tell you what, it's a great place to go. They super serve you. A lot of folks might not be familiar with that term, but that's what they know how to do at the Sunbury Motor Company. They help you get involved in deciding what the next vehicle you may want is, whether it's pre-owned or brand new. They get a lot of people coming from a lot of distances to get super served there, whether it's at the quick lane or to get a new vehicle. If you need an F-350 today, I don't know where you would find one other than the Sunbury Motor Company, and they have one or two of them there. So uh, it's just a super opportunity for you to be uh, well taken care of. SunburyMotors.com, the great place to start. And uh, they are also looking for you to consider a career change there or a startup job, or if you're just a super experienced technician, they need some folks in the light truck service, a quick lane, heavy truck, body frame, and alignment and towing departments. They, like everybody else, uh, enjoying a lighter staff because of the worker shortage out there. I don't know if you I didn't talk to any of the merchants, but I'm sure they'd tell you nobody wants to work. <laughs> Every, everywhere you go, you hear that. So, But they are looking for some folks, and this will be a great place to work. I mean, there's just a, a super feel when you go there. You know that you're being super served by people who care. Uh, we had a chance today, to, uh, this week, to talk about the Hyundai Kona Electric while we were down there. 201 horsepower electric motor makes the car very quick, and uh, you can go about 250 miles on a charge. It does have the 240 volt connector, 125 if you got all night, and uh, DC charge is less than three hours for the Kona electric. It's a Hyundai, and you can check one out down at Sunbury Motor Company in the old Lincoln building. They got one of them sitting there, and they're about $40,000 or so, so it's not the cheapest economical vehicle, but of course doesn't use any gasoline, so uh, I would say the gas mileage on that is like 150 or so, so probably the equivalent, because electricity is still cheaper than gasoline today. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the weeks and months ahead. But Sunbury Motor Company, boy, check them out. Hyundai, Kia, and Ford. They would just love to super serve you as they have me. The truck they have me in now looks like a tuna boat when you get out of it in the middle of the night. LED lights all the way around light up, and the neighbors are complaining when I come home <laughs> on these rare occasions after dark. So, But it's a super vehicle, and um, I, I enjoy driving it. So that's the Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line now open, 1-800-795-9565. We talked about immigration, porous borders, John Fetterman, uh, Mamet Oz, uh, candidates, and the third-party candidates who get no uh, get no airtime. So uh, maybe we'll have to change our policy and summon up some candidates and get them uh, to come on the radio. On the market, sponsored by Sunbury Motor Company, call us now with your opinion on these topics, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarket.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I'm not sure the text machine is working. I ran it through and I got it. just says messages will be displayed instead of saying no messages. So usually it says no messages, so I'm not sure that 100% that's working. So if you're trying to send a text, switch to email just to triple check. Uh, and finally, some brief news headlines here. Uh, there is a new superintendent of the Lewisburg Area School District. She is the beloved assistant superintendent up there, Kathy Moser. Everybody knows her. She's been interim on two occasions, two different places. She was principal. Now the, the board finally did the right thing and made her superintendent. $165,000 is the uh, previous superintendent's salary at Lewisburg. Pennsylvania's main governing body for high school athletics is now considering adopting a program where athletes in high school could be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. The Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association has given preliminary approval for a name, image, likeness, or NIL policy for high school athletes. Board members voted in favor after a second 
second reading of the plan this week. It would allow high school football and basketball players as well as other athletes to sign advertising and endorsement deals. The schools they attend would also be compensated similar to a plan being put in place at the college level. Final PIAA approval could come as early as December. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Is this an example of don't shoot the messenger? AP running a story today that says an NBC News correspondent who interviewed John Fetterman says an on-air remark she made about him having difficulty following part of their conversation should not be seen as commentary on his fitness for office. Republicans are having a field day with her remark that, quote, it wasn't clear he was understanding our conversation. She made that to an NBC correspondent while she was being interviewed about her Fetterman interview. Since then, uh, some folks have saying she's not qualified to make evaluations about what John Fetterman understands or doesn't understand, and she might not get strokes, understand the full uh, issues associated with strokes as well. We have that full AP interview, Associated Press, posted at WKOK.com. Did you see this? Now, she's getting grief for having reporters just give objective evaluation of what they see right in front of them all the time. I don't see a dilemma with this personally. What's your view? She made an observation based on a conversation. We do it all the time. If you talk... You know, as people get older, uh, friends, family, and you have a conversation with them and they're just not tracking with you and so forth, uh, you you say not to them usually, but you say to, you know, another family member or something, you know, uh, Grandpa Grandpa Jones just uh, is, is not sharp. He's, I think he's losing it. Okay. It was a, the, it's the kind of conversation that we have all the time. We make those judgments about, um, about, older people especially, uh, but uh, about people who don't seem to be understanding what we're, we're talking about. And uh, the problem is it's, it, you, you can't do that anymore in the political arena or you'll be attacked viciously uh, by whoever the party from the person who would, uh, who you criticize. So uh, everything's politics today. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Yeah, I kind of reviewed all my journalism ethics uh, things. So uh, I think she's on safe ground, and I think uh, John Fetterman could easily resolve this in one big fat heartbeat and say, I understood everything she said the whole time. End of story. But, of course, holding on to her remark is uh, going to be uh, um, well that's true that's what I think he should say what he might say is I hadn't a clue what she was talking about she was yammering on about something who knows that's what he might say we don't know but uh, we can speculate on either side Uh, but uh, Mr. Grandpa Jones is on the phone and he's here to tell us that he's 100% fine and John you're out of line so what keep your opinions to yourself no it's Mike from Bloomsburg good morning sir thanks for calling in Hey, how we doing? Uh, last night, I uh, had my grandson here, my wife and I, and she left, so I was in charge. I wanted to do the dishes, and I told my grandson, I said, hey, you can watch YouTube on the TV, and he assured me it would only be age-appropriate stuff, which impressed me for a seven-year-old. So I'm, I'm in there <laughs> doing the dishes, and I'm hearing campaign commercials for Oz and uh, Fetterman on a very rapid basis, like it seemed like every minute or so. So I walk in to see what the heck he's watching, and it's a show, uh, it's a, a, like a cartoon called uh, 
Minecraft, I, and I don't know that either one of you are familiar with it because I'm barely familiar, and only because I have a, a seven-year-old grandson. It's a cartoon for little kids. And so I sat down, and I'm looking at it, and lo and behold, like every other minute, a, a short commercial would come up for one of the two candidates. And, and I was just shocked at that. But then it reminded me of the conversation that I had on air, uh, I don't know whether it was yesterday or the day before, that talked about the 5 million men between ages 25 and 54 in America that aren't unemployed because they're not looking for work. They're just not working. Men Without Work is the title of the book that describes this situation, and it's getting worse, not only for men, but for women. And the United States Department of uh, Labor, or one of these departments, does studies on the, on this situation, and they, they try to find out what these people are doing when they're not working. And basically, uh, they spend the majority of their time, uh, more than you know, uh, 2,080 hours a year, which is a normal work year, on screen time, screen time, okay. So screen time, they they don't break it down whether it's uh, TV, computer, iPad, or phone, or anything like that. It's just screen time. So I'm thinking that there must be some 18 year old kids watching a cartoon called Minecraft on a regular basis. Otherwise, would candidates be spending money, to, or or do they are they are they doing this to get into the homes of uh, parents who have little kids? You know, the little kids have Minecraft on, and the parents are doing the dishes like I was or whatever, and they hear it. So, I, I mean, I was just flabbergasted that they're spending money on cartoons for political ads. Well, I know Josh Fetterman has so much money, he has to spend it somewhere. He's got a gazillion dollars from, you know, Washington and around the country and around Pennsylvania as well. That may be one reason, but maybe they want the parents to overhear it. John? Yeah, yeah I, I'm sort of surprised at that, too. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem reasonable to... Uh, do political advertising on a children's program, uh, but uh, I think probably the parents, they assume the parents or grandparents would hear the advertising uh, while they're checking what their child or grandchild watches. Yeah, yeah. Now, I do want to shift to another topic real quick, and I'll be short. But before before that, I laid down on the floor with my grandson, and he says, Papa, did you know that John Fetterman was sued 69 times before he would pay his taxes? And did he live with his parents until he was 49? I, 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 oh, my gosh. Oh, Lordy. But anyway. Well, did hey, you assure him just, you're not going to vote for me? him? Did you assure him you're not going to vote for him? Oh, yeah, yeah, we had a discussion, definitely, yeah. But, uh, so anyway, uh, as far as this particular race, now, I came from a half-Italian, half-German family, and I'll tell you what, there was, uh, at get-together, there was alcohol involved in both sides of the family, and strong opinions, okay? So I am used to strong opinions, and I was able to filter out whose opinions I trusted. So I had an aunt on each side of the family who I, I valued everything that they said. And there's a woman called Selena Zito. She, she's a writer. She writes uh, on, on several meet, uh, out media outlets, and she does podcasts. She's on uh, TV and everything. And I, and I trust her more than anything. And she was talking about what's going on in Pennsylvania, specifically uh, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, and, and how the decay of the two inner cities, I guess inner cities a racist term, so basically the two cities uh, are, are decaying right now with the violence, and it's gotten significantly worse 
after the pandemic, you know, with the riots. It, it has just degraded even further. But she also talked about Braddock. She spent time in Braddock, and she talked to the people that knew him, knew Fetterman, when I say him. She knew John Fetterman. And, she, and, and like I said, I trust Selena Zito probably more than any reporter. She said that these people she talked to are extremely disappointed in the claims, uh, the personal claims about himself that John Fetterman are making in his ads. And, and she, she went into detail why they're not true. She didn't just say that people are saying they're not true. And uh, that, that really, I mean, I wasn't going to vote for him ever. And, and, and I kind of agree in some respects with your one uh, texter that said he's voting for uh, Oz because he's not going to be a terrible senator. <laughs> but I, I think he's going to be a good senator, honestly. But I, 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 I just have to say that if Selena Zito, she's middle of the road. She, she really is an honest person in my mind. For her to, to report on air that these people that worked with Fetterman are just dismayed at the claims he's making about his performance in the past. So if, if you're on the edge out there, like my, well, I'm not going to say who. Well, how representative, Mike, how representative was her sample? I mean, did she talk to 20 people in a town of 10,000? And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's uh, probably a reasonable number. Or did she talk to 10? You know, which okay, is it's, a, it's, a, it's a town of 5,000, from what I understand. And she talked to people that were in the media with him when he was mayor of Braddock and, and and these people were saying that you know he's making these claims about the crime decrease when the mayor of Braddock essentially has you know what she put out was essentially has no power okay over the police department no control no say no whatever in in the police department and he's making claims for uh, dropping crime that was the one thing that she said and then there was another one I, I don't remember but the general tone was the people that knew him are dismayed with his honesty or lack of honesty all right thank you so hey, much Mike, Mike before you go yeah. before yeah. you you go there's a great t-shirt available online that says being called grandpa is an honor being called papa is priceless ah, <laughs> there I, you I go. like that <laughs> I appreciate good for that. you thank you, you sir. Now, man. Yeah, take thank care you. all right do you have that yet i ordered it okay, <laughs> <laughs> i have a i have a great grandson which will be one year old next week so when you, when you say great you just mean you have a grandson who's fabulous no, you mean he's a I great i have a great grandson <laughs> he's my granddaughter's son and he is a joy all right excellent well you can hear it in your voice all right folks call us now 1-800-795 we're talking about the candidates and some of their policies and some of their puffery we'll call it if john fetterman says he cured all known diseases and fed the poor and, and if, did you hear him say that no one died <laughs> in Braddock when he was mayor I thought, well, that's fine. And so nobody can I think die. he meant violently. Well, I, I, we all know what he meant, but I just thought it's funny the way he worded it. He said, nobody died at all whatsoever while I was mayor. So all these people that were 100-some years old were just waiting to, for him to get out of office. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Call us now. We talked about the southern border. Who will be the better advocate for a tighter border in the south? Who's telling the truth? Uh, what's this show missing? One of our good listeners says, why don't we come? Contact all these third-party candidates and get them on the show so we have more folks. Our tradition has always been to let good candidates contact us. Then they get a yes, but uh, is that the best way to go in this day and age? Maybe we're perpetuating the keeping the third-party candidates uh, out of the limelight. We're always going to have 
third-party candidates after the limelight if the mainstream media doesn't give them any airtime. Well, yeah, ABC set up their interview so that you can't get in if you're a third-party well, candidate. Well, you know, I, I, that's intentional because third-party candidates can't win. And they don't spend money all on they, ads. All, and they don't spend money on it. All they do is drain votes from the two major party candidates. So uh, they're not going to give those people, the, you know, whether the whether the news outlet is on the left or on the right, they're not going to give somebody uh, airtime that can only harm their candidate and can't help. So uh, I think that's the thinking probably. And I know WKOK has an open, uh, open policy. Uh, I'm sure that they don't all, well, we know they don't all because some have announced if you haven't met this criteria or that criteria, you, you, you can't. You can't even be in a debate. You can't, you know, we don't right. even want you on the stage. Or you have so. to have raised $50,000. Well, that's a lot for a libertarian candidate who might not be a sort of an established campaigner yeah. and known statewide. one 800 What's your view on this? Do we need some election reform? What do we need to fix this country? You tell us when you call us at one 800 There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. John and I have already cured all known diseases, fed the poor, spread the gospel, and pretty much fixed most of the world. Half the world, anyway. Off, he is the solution. Off the mic, yeah. So we, we got everything fixed here. But uh, we haven't. So we still live in the U.S. of A., and so we don't get to impose our views on everybody else. 1-800-795-9565 is the toll-free line. We talked about the porous border. Uh, we talked about an NBC reporter who got some criticism because she her observation was that uh, she wasn't sure. She didn't even say that he couldn't follow it. He said she was not sure if John Fetterman understood their pre-air chit-chat that wasn't on the um, on the teleprompter in front of him. He did fairly well in the interview, but you can see he's getting the questions. I wonder if he's getting the answers also on that. You know, he just seems to pull out a thin air, a key word from time, like infrastructure. You know, so they had to put that up on the thing. It may have. It didn't. It, so. showed, uh, it showed her questions coming up, but it didn't show anything else. So I don't know. All right. So we got one call coming in, but we'll take more comers. Uh, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Uh, if John Fetterman or, and or Mehmet Oz are elected, they will have an impact on immigration in the U.S. and the southern border. They will have an impact on national drug laws and how we enforce them. And they may have an impact on things like uh, second-degree murder, where uh, John Fetterman talks quite a bit that there should be some way for somebody charged life without parole to eventually be considered. 
considered for parole. He uses the example of an, a person who might be elderly who could be released from prison, although he uses the Shawshank Redemption example where the guy got out of prison and killed himself about five minutes later. I hope I didn't spoil it for folks, but um, that's another issue. So, all right, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners says, good morning. Vote for Oz Fooey. No, thank you. Pennsylvania needs to keep abortion legal and free and fair elections. Send Oz back to Kansas. Thanks, says Bob. Appreciate that email. Another listener says, uh, oh, this would be following up on our conversation yesterday with our Supreme Court expert from Susquehanna University. The U.S. Supreme Court leaker still has to be identified. I have my doubts that we will ever know. It's my understanding that nothing illegal was committed. However, the guilty party's clerkship should be revoked. They should be disbarred and never allowed to practice law. What they did was akin to breaching attorney-client privilege, and future potential employers should be aware of the individual's lack of character. Well, that's if it was a clerk. What if it was one of the justices? That's I've always thought it was a justice. I we, didn't even think of a clerk. Oh, well, yeah, I think there was. that was the assumption early on, and they were talking about, well, there's only about you know so many of them and so forth. But it could have been one of the justices. We, I, I doubt we'll ever know. I agree with it. Uh, it's never going to come out. It's uh, It's been uh, you know, six months already, and uh, you know nothing, there's no no word at all. So I don't think we'll I think it was Clarence Thomas. <laughs> could and, be. And I've said this before. I think that that opinion is based on absolutely no evidence. So, <laughs> But at least I have an opinion. Okay. Well, and you're entitled to your opinion. Everybody's I, entitled to their own opinion. Nobody's entitled to their right. own facts. <laughs> I, just, I just don't like some of the things he's uh, voted for and the way he voted, so I think it was him. Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Chris always has hey, the facts. woman you had on for uh, expert yesterday. Uh, I was a little doubtful about what sort of position she she was taking, and my question was designed to see if she was willing to say anything negative at all about uh, any judge's decision. And that's why I asked her about the Trump judge. I think her name was Cannon, but I'm not sure. And I hurriedly put it, uh, emailed it, so it wasn't, my question wasn't precise. What I wanted to, her to comment on was the, uh, what she thought of the quality of that judge's opinion in the government papers case. Not anything about, yeah, she's a Trump one, so she can't be fair or anything like that, which she took the, the direction. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't really uh, comment. Uh, she just commented on there's Trump judges and other judges, but they're blah, blah, blah. But she didn't say anything about that. Maybe if you emailed her, you'd get an opinion from her. All right. Well, send me a, a, that question. Well, just uh, what she thought of Canada, the, the judge's opinion and the, the canon, I think her name was. Okay. There's only one female in judge involved in that. That's not hard to find. Okay. All right. What does she but think she of her? She was pretty well, well roundly blasted by most experts. The part of her second decision was possibly okay, and mostly she's being overturned. Okay. But what in else? any case, uh, John's uh, spouting phony statistics. He started <laughs> off the day doing it. About eighty percent of people not showing up for for. Uh, their hearings, immigration hearings, 
What's the right percentage, if you happen to know? Well, it's a very difficult question to get the right percentage, but if they're... Uh, if they're represented by lawyers, they show families show up ninety nine percent, and uh, and individuals show up ninety six percent, and in general, it's eighty percent if you count every everyone involved in the system, and if you count certain subgroups, it gets as low as about forty percent. All right, John. So you're talking about illegal aliens. I'm talking about people who are uh, either here as uh, to just and uh, trying to re stay in America. Okay, so that includes DACA. The border. That includes the government has their names and they're released into the general population. Okay, does that and that includes DACA people and the whole the whole gamut. That includes uh, the, especially the, the the people who are asking for asylum because that's a large a large part of that is them. Well, and I agree with that. I, I didn't see that statistic. So, I, I, uh, but um, those people who have a valid case for asylum um, probably uh, do show up because. Um, they can prove that 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 they're that they're coming here because of persecution and so forth. But yeah, the, but where did you get that statistic? No, I did not make that up. Place. That was that was uh, I I read that uh, from uh, some statistics that were put out uh, as interpreting interpreting what the Department of of. Uh, uh, the, the Department of the, uh, the Interior is, t is saying about the number are showing up, um, but this was specifically about illegal aliens. We know that probably uh, the vast majority of these people uh, that come here are coming for economic opportunity, are not coming here because uh, of persecution where they came from, and that's that's why our forefathers came here for economic opportunity. Yes, so, but that, it's also made. It's also at least on here. The claim is made that, oh yes, they 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 are really all coming for opportunity, and it's a very low percentage that are actually coming for uh, for because they're being persecuted. I understand that that's what the government is saying, that that the majority are coming. That's not what the government's saying. That's what the people on this show are the right oh, well, if you listen, Well, if time. you listen to the if you listen to uh, watch TV and they interviewed all these people that are getting off the buses in New York and Washington, D.C., they say, we came here because we ate for, for a good job. We came here to get to get ahead financially. They did not. I don't remember any of them uh, on the news saying, well, I came here because I was persecuted where I was at. So you have to look at, at the, the big scope. I, have you heard anybody uh, that's been interviewed say, I came here because I was being persecuted? Well, it would depend on whether they're seeking asylum no, or seeking they, opportunity. They, 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 that, that was what they were advertised. So those people were actually uh, in that group. They were in the group that were looking for asylum. They came to, they came to get jobs because they... The Florida governor advertised that in Texas, apparently, that they that this was a program to get people in their situation jobs, and they will be sending them someplace where they're guaranteed to get jobs and housing. And so that's why they went to, on the buses 
because they were going to be able to get jobs and housing while they were in waiting for their hearings. So do you think it's hypocritical? Of course, what they were talking about when they got off the bus and people said, why are you here? Well, because a Florida governor promised us jobs and housing, like a lion sack of whatever. So do you think do you think it's hypocritical for city mayors who claim that their city is a sanctuary city to then to, to complain when people come there? Uh, I think uh, sending people there as a surprise to a very small town is a particularly horrible thing to do. I don't think New York City is a very small town. <laughs> I don't think Washington D.C. I didn't think I don't think Washington D.C. I don't think Washington D.C. is a very very small town. So t- tell me again, do you think it's hypocritical for the mayor of Washington D.C. and the mayor of New York City to to proclaim that they're a sanctuary city and then complain about a couple busloads of people? Well, uh, I'm not sure about the sanctuary city status in any case. They both have uh, what that means legally, what and what the legal basis for that is. Well, I don't know so either. I but I think you're throwing that word in rather hypocritically yourself. No, no, I'm just using but a word that they used. I'm using their own w- words. That's it. All right, Chris, we got to wrap up. Go right ahead. We'll give you the okay. last word. Well. Wrap up. I hope you watch the hearings and you realize that Trump was at the center of everything. Well, that seems Correct. obvious. To well, I, I, I think that I think that he uh, certainly uh, stirred the crowd up. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. I Thank stirred you. Stirred so. the crowd up. We're talking about a five-prong attack on the thing. Did you not watch the hearings at all from what then? <laughs> because they didn't, uh, that wasn't the main thrust of what they were talking about. All right. We got you, Chris. That was part of it. That Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Very much appreciated. All right. Yep, you're welcome. Thank you. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Hold on, callers. We will be right back. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. And the mark, one of our listeners says, in 2016, the Green Party candidate for president received 50,000 votes. In the 2020 election, the candidate was taken off the ballot on a technicality. The Democrat-controlled Pennsylvania Supreme Court followed the letter of the law in this case, but ignored the law when it came to ballots themselves, says our good listener, Rob. So thank you for that. Joseph is our next caller from Milton, PA. Topic, Liz Cheney. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Yes, uh, I know a lot of Republicans are upset with Liz Cheney uh, joining in with the Democrats, but I heard her speak very truthfully this morning, and she said that uh, if there's not, if there's no consequences, that this will just uh, happen again. Wow. (laughs) I wonder uh, if the Democrats heard that. Because all the riots and, and even murders and burning uh, the police station and stuff in these riots, uh, there was no consequences. They let them out on bail. And, and there was no, uh, that I ever heard of, was any consequences for those things. So it's, it's going to happen again, according to her. Now, Joseph. And of course, that was against President Trump. Joseph. She wants the consequences. Joseph, is it <laughs> when possible. He really the instigator. Joseph, but, is it possible. Hold on one second. Is it possible that other individuals in other states where these, uh, what did you say, the riots happened? How many people were rioted and murdered? Yeah, right. There's there's quite a few. Okay. Is it possible some individuals were punished to the full extent of the law and you just don't know about it? That that could be possible. Okay, just checking. Thank you. You don't hear no big outcry, though, by the Democrats about that. 
And, and another thing I heard this morning on TV, down in uh, Florida where the, the jury voted to uh, not to execute that young man that murdered, I forget how many students. Seven. Okay. And, and there's a difference here. And the death penalty should be enforced. And, of course, the Bible says that if a man sheds man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, because the image, in the image of Yahweh created he man. And so that's Old Testament, I understand. But New Testament in Romans, it says the same thing. In fact, there's a, in Romans chapter 1, it says that those who commit such things are worthy of death. My point is simply this, because crime is not punished quickly, and rightfully so. Uh, it just multiplies. And, and we see that. And, and they interviewed it was one of the jurors that had his child shot. And he said, this just gives license to someone else, you know what I mean, for, to just do the same thing because they're not going to kill you for this, you know. And uh, they deserve the death penalty. All right. We got you. Anything else, Joseph? Oh, yeah. Yesterday, you were kind of giving Dan a hard time there because he couldn't remember where he heard about the CDC, you know, and the vaccine and all that. But I'm remembering back in the 40s or 50s when uh, our government put United States soldiers in trenches and set off autumn bombs and seen how it would affect them. And then also in San Francisco, they did... Uh, put germs or something in the subway or somewhere our government did and of course they you know they denied all that stuff and even like secretary minority or whatever he gets on tv and and lies to us about the border and even when he knew that uh about the whipping incident there with the uh uh men on horseback there that that was a lie he even got a uh uh, email right before he went on air, and he boldly lied right right on air about it. So you know, if you gotta trust the government and the CDC, <laughs> well, I got a bridge over here in West Milton, I'll sell you across <laughs> the right. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for calling. In. Any reaction or anything about that? Death penalty popped up in one of those conversations, plus uh, the uh, saying the border is secure, which is obviously false. Well, we talked about that a little bit off off the uh, air, but uh, I was a little surprised about that. Uh, I thought that you know when you kill seventeen children, uh, they would probably do that. Uh, but they have the same rule Pennsylvania has: you needed a unanimous vote for a death penalty. So some and the, the boy had a troubled childhood. You know, here's here's the thing. Uh, he was in trouble with the law. He was in trouble at school. He, uh, he was violent at home, and nobody did anything about it. Uh, so the society itself bears some responsibility for the failure. Uh, why didn't the police department, if they, you know, he had twenty some times that the, the, he was, you know, involved with the police department, and he was involved with school. He was in trouble with school uh, multiple times, and yet they, nobody said this is a troubled young man, he needs some help. And as a result, uh, we have uh, 17 dead kids. So uh, when does, you know, when are we going to learn that if somebody is acting strange uh, and they're a problem uh, in the, with for law enforcement and so forth, that they need some help? That and, is an escalation or warning signs. Absolutely. You know, three strikes, you're out or something, but, but 20 times, it, uh, it's, it's way past the time that he should have been uh, being treated by someone to say, you know, this young man has some severe problems. All right. Uh, Jim. Jim, you there? No. No, I was Jim, are you there? Okay, we'll put you on hold. Harry, you are next. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. 
Hey, good morning. First of all, I want to say that I have a, a little different outlook on uh, on immigration than some other people do, and especially because I sound like I'm dead set against it. My mom's parents were the first of her family to be born in this country, so it's not like I have a uh, a long and storied history of of ancestors being here going back to the Mayflower. So I probably have more empathy for true immigration than than most other people. Uh, what I have a trouble with is uh, the trespassers who try to get all the all the breaks that everybody who should be who's trying to do it right get. Um, and in addition to that, I'd like to uh, say something, especially because of Chris. Um, Chris always throwing out numbers and everything. If you want to move to Mexico, you are more than welcome to move to Mexico. You know, he was talking about economic uh, uh, opportunity, everything else. But if you move to Mexico, it is stated that you must have viable and visible means of supporting yourself. You are not coming in there to live on the government's dime, getting an allowance from them to start, being handed phones or anything else. You must have viable means of supporting yourself. So why should we do anything different here? Good point. Actually, I was uh, uh, I was at a meeting in San Diego about uh, 20 years ago, uh, and I talked to a, lot, a number of people there. Uh, it was a big meeting. There was about uh, 80 or 90 people attending it. It was an insurance-related meeting. And uh, I talked to one of the ladies there, and she lived in Mexico. And she commuted from Mexico to San Diego every day, five days a week for work. And she moved to Mexico because uh, it was safer and it was cheaper. So <laughs> I don't know what that tells you but uh, uh, so but yes she had to went through customs twice a day she went through customs yeah. twice a day yeah, now imagine imagine doing that, right? But well, it, it, I, it, that was that, that was in, in 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 2000 or 2001. So at the border wasn't as bad as it is today. But yeah, right. she went back and forth twice a day. But I, but I think that you know we're missing the point here where where you know and and Chris is dead wrong too where they're saying oh the sanctuary city I'm not sure what that means those cities called themselves sanctuary cities asked for people you know offered uh, a safe uh, passage for anybody who uh, who came into their cities and now they're upset because they've got all these people you know that's kind of. You know, that's very Well, there's a big difference between uh, calling yourself a sanctuary city and trying to be uh, a little friendlier to individuals who happen to live in that community and are your residents and many times, some, well, in some cases, taxpayers. I don't know what the percentage is, but and law-abiding citizens and are participating in your municipality and saying that you're a sanctuary, you know, while either immigration gets resolved or those people just live illegally. That's obviously against the law, but a lot of cities do that. But there's a big difference than having somebody from another state dump a bunch of illegal aliens in your town who may or may not be seeking asylum, may or may not be able to find a job, may un, you know may not be able to support themselves. So really well, two very minute, different wait, issues. Mark, that's a valid point. I'll give you that. I'll, that's a valid point. I'll grant that. But what about the flights that came up to uh, Pennsylvania and Westchester, New York? What about those flights that the government sent people on? 
that they weren't even sending them to sanctuary cities, and that was okay? Well, those individuals, according to the government, which is only 50% oh, true half the time, are, are individuals that are en route to locations where they will be welcomed and assimilated and will have an opportunity to have their hearings and to live. They fly them around the country rather than drive them, so they land at uh, Wilkes-Barre or up in New York. Allentown. Allentown. That's what the government says. Okay. Yeah, well. yeah. And if and you I, believe what, what Joe Biden <laughs> and any representative from his administration said, I have swampland in the Poconos. I'll give you for free. I won't even sell it. We're getting a lot of good real well, estate today. A new bridge and that. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, sir. All right, go ahead, John. Let, let, me, let me just be very clear about something. The government is paying big money to many religious organizations, uh, including the Lutheran Church, who uh, agree to take people and settle them. Okay, so uh, yes, the flight. But the, why? Why are the flights in the middle of the night? Why don't they fly like regular daytime schedules and so forth? Why do they sort of sneak in? That's that's an issue. But there are many uh, NGOs, non-governmental organizations that are receiving and being paid handsomely by the government to settle these people in other areas and find them try to find them jobs and agree to while they wait while they wait and agree to support them until they can get a job and so forth so uh, that it's doesn't change the fact that they're here illegally it just means that somebody has agreed to help them out all right one 800 we got our last caller of the a week coming in right now, uh, and Jim is waiting. So uh, let's do Jim, because he had to wait so long yesterday. Jim, you go right ahead, and then we're going to take a quick oh, break. Jim, okay. Um, I'm a fan of legal immigration. Let's know who you are. Let's know what your medical status was. We didn't bring in sick people uh, back in the day. Uh, you had two weeks or so to get well, and if you didn't, you went back on the boat. Uh, I don't think we should inherit the rest of the world's medical problems. But I'm a fan of uh, legal immigration, but, uh, again, they, they need a sponsor like you need in Mexico. Um, you should have a job and the police lined up. But I'm calling about Ryan Mock, who uh, evidently is a child. Um, we There was a event at Schuylkill County at the Penn State uh, University campus about abortion and joanne stir was there along with me and some other people and um he was there and at the end of it we wanted to talk to him and see what kind of campaign he wanted to run you know like do we want to be uh, just honest and fair and talk about issues and not attack each other personally or uh, you know what do you want to do he ran away like a little girl and then today i'm driving um into mount carmel and they put a, a mock sign right on top of a stir sign. That's childish. That's not how adults handle a campaign. I was like, what the heck is that? You know, I, I don't understand this man, and I wish you'd get him on the radio and exp- have him explain himself. All right, and tell Joanne to come back and visit us, too. She gets uh, another appearance before the uh, elections. So. I will tell her, yes, I will tell her that. All right. Because it's important. Have a good day. Yep, thank Bye. you so much. All right, 1-800, scratch the telephone number. You'll need it next week. We'll be back in 90 seconds. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. 
That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay, people whining about, you know, Adam's whining about the illegals coming up. He was signaling out Abbott and DeSantis. But he failed to mention that the mayor of San Antonio, a Democrat, has been sending thousands of the same illegals to New York City, and he never said a word about them. Because you know why? He has a D in front of his name instead of an R. So... The, the mayor of San Antonio, Texas, is sending, I think he sent around 5,000 or so illegals up to New York City. Right. And, if you, and you didn't hear Adam say a word about that. And if you don't watch Fox, you wouldn't know about that at all. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and that there is another problem that the mainstream media doesn't even worry, doesn't even mention this kind of stuff because it doesn't fit their narrative or their end goal. Okay. That's that's all. All right. So thank you, you all have a great weekend, uh, and hopefully it doesn't rain on you. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Chris seems almost on omnipotent in his ability to hand down thoughts and opinions, and when questioned about obvious past information about sanctuary cities, asylum secrets, etc., he twists and turns like a flag in the wind with no definitive answers. He rarely, if ever, answers a question with a straight answer. And another listener says, when it comes to the January 6th hearings, practically nobody is watching Liz Cheney's clown show. But President Trump is eager to testify. That day, the ratings will be 100 million people tuning in. So we'll see about that. Okay. I don't think he'll testify. You have a feeling either way. I wouldn't think he would ever do it. But Well, uh, he said he's anxious to, but, you know, I, uh, re- realistically... Uh, anything you say can and will be used against you, and uh, so I, I think well, he probably, be, yeah, he tends to get, uh, you know, uh, just start shooting from the hip, and I, he's probably better off if he doesn't. Well, last word. Now that we had a good, hey, it was vibrant a great conversation, show, and uh, thanks to everybody for calling in, and thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to sit along across the table from you, Mark. Well, thank you. Same here. I always learn something. Have we helped the nation at all with the open mic at all? Uh, Does this help? I think it does, because it gives people a chance to really say what they think. Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming in. John Shipman, good son, great businessman. He's been a a municipal volunteer technically, but we're not volunteer Sunbury.